Welcome everyone to this episode of the Homegrown Podcast from Keep Indiana Learning. I'm Lena Darnay, I'm the director of Keep Indiana Learning. And today on the show, I have a friend and an excellent podcaster herself, the host of Math and Other Things, Courtney Flesner. <laughs> Courtney, hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great, especially since I got to be in control of the clap button. Ooh, is there <laughs> another one that's good there? Um, how about the announcing music? Walk up music. <laughs> love it. I love it. I'm all about it. the walk up song. We're having a little fun in the studio today, and we're actually having a lot of fun at Keep Indiana Learning lately. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about and share big drop on the announcement front this big week one. big one building thinking classrooms like is there like ah, a cheer button for building thinking classrooms i don't know no <laughs> well, <laughs> that wasn't a joke <laughs> so building thinking classrooms peter lilliadal is a canadian former high school math teacher researcher professor and he wrote this book that's starting to make some huge waves. Give me a little catch up of what's going on. Yeah, so actually, you know, I don't know the, I'm looking right now to see the copyright. Oh, so the copyright is 2021. And I remember seeing this pop up in like my Amazon, you'd be interested in these books um, spot. And I was like, oh, I like thinking, I like classrooms and I like math. And that's literally the title, Building Thinking Classrooms in Mathematics. So I bought it right away and i started reading right away and to be honest i was completely hooked on chapter one because it's where he described his research mm. and i just i love a person who goes out into the world and researches something with teachers and involves them completely in the process and so that was the thing that i appreciated like i, I was hooked right away i knew what was going to be said from here on out was going to completely work. So right away he talks about how he's in classrooms and he starts noticing like kids aren't thinking, they're not doing thinking and what are the habits that they are doing that um, shows that they're not thinking, right? So, and and there's, and he has lists of those in the book. And so then he started thinking like, what are the, op like what's the opposite? What would that look like? And he got teachers together to practice or to, to see, like, let's put this in place and see what happens in the classroom. Or let's completely take, like, let's take chairs away. And if we take chairs away, and are, are the kids thinking? Like, are they doing more work? Or are they distracted? Or like, what's happening? Like, let's change the position of the teacher. Let's change where they do their work. And he brought these groups of teachers back together and they had whole discussions on how these small, um, pedagogical moves were changing everything that was happening in their classroom. And then it turned into um, creating these 14, and it's on the title of the book, 14 teaching practices for enhancing the learning of teaching mathematics, um, or, uh, the teaching and learning of mathematics in the classroom. And um, and then the book just goes on to talk about what are each of those practices and then, and then best part, it ends with implementation. Oh, <laughs> right. 
So, okay, you just imagine that a book that talks not only about theory or big ideas, but how does it work? So every chapter gives you micro moves and macro moves. So what are some small moves to make this happen? What are some big moves to make this happen? And then the last chapter has these four toolkits on kind of like rollout of of implementation and like, let's do do these four things together and then do these four things together. So it's giving you an opportunity to not feel overwhelmed with, I really like all of this, but I don't know what to do next. It sort of tells you what to do next. That's magical. And so the big news, the big announcement is not just that this book is awesome and it has implications well beyond the mathematics classroom. As a librarian sitting here, I'm thinking about the cross-curricular connections and how the content areas are just going to love this work. Mm -hmm. But Peter has been presenting at conferences all around the country and Canada and, and internationally. And the lines are out the door to get a seat in these rooms. So Keep Indiana Learning has partnered with Franklin Community Schools in Franklin, Indiana, and we're putting on the very first Building Thinking Classrooms conference. Dedicated. Yes, what is the big... Yeah! (laughs) Very first, very first, uh, June 29th and 30th, big, big announcement this week. And what we're thrilled about is that Peter is so involved, even in the planning. He is a partner in this. He is thinking through what it means. He wants to break down any barriers to access to him and his work because he is not the used car salesman type uh, edgy celebrity that's going to go up there and be like a silly keynote that's fun to watch. He's going to be fun because it's going to work. He's a researcher who is dedicated to the work. And the research happens in classrooms with real kids and real teachers, Mm -hmm. not in some isolated control grouping somewhere else. Like this is good work. Yep. It's really good work. And the thing that I also really love about him is that he really views himself as a learner. And so as he's in schools and talking to teachers and working with teachers, he's thinking and he's reflecting and he's learning and he's, you know, thinking even more about application and, um, you know, extending it beyond mathematics classrooms. And what does this look like for instructional coaches and administrators? And it's just, it's really refreshing to, you know, he's, he's very popular. He's traveling all over, working with schools and districts and presenting all over the world. And he, there's a sense of humility about him that is a real breath of fresh air. It's amazing. And our conference will be in Indiana and co-produced by Keep Indiana Learning, but it is absolutely a nationwide, international. Everybody's welcome to join us for two dedicated days of thinking about what this looks like, looking at what this looks like, participating in sessions to break apart what this looks like, and then setting the climate and culture of your school and your district to embrace this type of thinking because it won't be an easy swap in. It's not just something that you can do one day and you do it once and then it's gonna magically happen. Like it really is a revolution in what we're thinking about for an instructional classroom space. Yeah, it really is. And we're designing the conference around these 14 um, teaching practices. And so 
um, it'll be really cool. So like if you're a teacher who's been implementing for a little bit while, for, for a little while, but you're struggling with um, when to ask questions or you're struggling with what to do about homework or, you know, you're struggling with the random grouping, you can go to sessions just on that stuff that teachers, that actual practitioners are sharing their um, their work, what's working for them in the classroom, how they're making it happen. That's going to be amazing. And then we're also going to have sessions where you will have the opportunity to engage in a lesson. Like what does a beginning to end math class look like? And, um, you know, kind of do a little pre-brief and then some debriefing at the end of that and really just engage with the work. And then we're going to have sessions um, run by facilitators to help you figure out, okay, now what? Right, so we're honoring that piece of implementation that Peter's given us in the book of the now what. You've learned all this stuff, you're feeling really inspired, but you're a first grade teacher, not totally sure what that's gonna look like in your classroom. You know what, you can go to a session on that, you can talk with other first grade teachers, the conversations will be facilitated by folks that are trained to do that facilitation, and, and it's just gonna be a really meaningful, powerful couple of days. And of course, Peter's gonna be there both days doing lots of uh, small sessions. So you'll get true FaceTime to talk to him, pick his brain. He's totally a man of the people. Mm -hmm. He wants to just be there in the hallways answering questions with you. He'll do some keynotes, we'll have panel discussions. He's bringing three or four of his facilitators that do this work in school districts so they can also answer questions from their experiences. It really is going to be powerful. And Courtney, if you were to walk into a building thinking classrooms classroom, for those people who may not have ever heard of this or don't really know what this looks like, what are some of those tenants that you would see right away that's different than a classroom that sure. you would see today? What's gonna be visible right away is, um, well, the first thing that you'll notice are um, vertical non-permanent surfaces. So in a lot of pictures or videos that you see online, you'll see, you know, access to whiteboards all around the room um, or, you know, uh, whiteboards that you can, you know, what are the, what, like, what, like a white book kind of thing that, that are on the walls that the kids get up and they do the work standing and talking together like that. So if you're walking in and there's no one in the room, that's the first thing that you're going to see. The second thing that you're going to notice is this idea of defronting the room where there's not sort of a spot for the teacher to be like, the sage on the stage. It's very much a uh, an environment that embraces everyone as a facilitator of learning. Um, so those are like very visible things. When you see kids in there, you'll see them working in you know small groups, um, talking to each other, debating with each other. Um, arguing, <laughs> um, coming up with different ideas, sharing a marker. Um, it's really actually completely fascinating. And, and the teacher moves in that time are moving around the room, asking appropriate questions to facilitate the learning of all of those kids. So rather than the teacher saying, here's how you solve a problem, I'm gonna show you, um, and then you're gonna copy it and practice the way I showed you for the next 20 minutes or whatever. And, and um, Peter refers to that as mimicking in his books. Rather than mimicking the work of the teacher, the kids are doing the thinking and the teacher is facilitating that thinking. So it's a, it's a classroom with a lot of energy and a lot of discourse and um, kids are learning from each other and through that discourse. 
And that brings up a very important part of our conference. We will have sessions for administrators so that when they come into a thinking classroom, they don't immediately think, this doesn't fit on my rubric of my evaluation. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you evaluate a thinking classroom when you can't script uh, because the person at the front of the room isn't just the one that's doing all the talking or you can't uh, look at classroom management the same way because a thinking classroom is managed differently. And so I think what's important about the conference that we are creating is that we're breaking down all those barriers to creating community with people who are doing the work and you will be able to access other people up other people in your grade levels other people in your role your instructional leadership role whatever it is you're going to find the other team of people that you can connect with and continue to connect through many of their social media platforms and um, online groups yeah So it doesn't matter if you're someone who's been implementing for a long time, or if you're someone who is just hearing about this for the first time, this is a spot for you. This is where you're going to meet the community that of people that are coming together to uh, rethink how they are engaging kids in mathematics in their classroom. And um, if you are someone who feels like you are solid Um, at implementing the 14 practices, then this is a place for you to present. This is a place for you to share what you've learned. And this is a place for you to continue learning from from others. So there's definitely a spot for everyone. I love it. And as we wrap up here with our big announcement, thank you for joining me to (laughs) talk about this. Um, There is so, so much good stuff in the book. And again, I'm coming from a librarian lens, so I'm not coming from a math lens, but there are things that I have found that are just my new favorites. And one of them is slow garbage. The idea that when a student is in front of a whiteboard, not only does it totally decrease the amount of time from pen to paper, right? So they're not sitting there staring at blank paper for three or four minutes before they even get started. They're immediately starting to mark up that whiteboard, but that they don't just immediately erase something that goes wrong, that you showcase how they can uh, highlight, circle, maybe one line, cross it out, but keep it in the same frame of reference so that they can see their process of thinking and unfolding their understanding and that you as the facilitator in the conversation can look back at what they've done before instead of just seeing a bunch of pencil shaving eraser shavings right where they've erased it and they've gotten frustrated so the idea of slow garbage that you teach kids don't throw it away all the once you wait you let it sit there for a little while because not all of it is probably garbage yep i loved that idea i love that too i love it too do you have a favorite thing that sticks out to you? You know, the thing that sticks out to me really honestly is what you find in every chapter with the micro macro moves mm. and that it makes it, it really makes it feel attainable. And as someone that goes out and, you know, does professional development and tries to, you know, encourage teachers to, to, to teach something a little bit differently than what they're used to or try something new there's it's it always feels really hard it feels really risky and there's a lot of vulnerability there and what this book does is it it allows you to be vulnerable and then make decisions on what do i feel comfortable trying and there and it's such a gift to teachers because they need to know that the tiniest little moves can make the biggest biggest changes and that is uh brought up over and over and over again in this book well, I'm so excited to plan and implement this big conference <laughs> project with you, Courtney. And thank you everyone for listening. We hope you go to 
keepindianalearning.org slash BTCC to learn more, sign up for notifications. The uh, speaker proposal form is coming early 2023. Public registration is opening uh, late February. It's going to be a heck of a party in Franklin, Indiana. We're taking over the whole space. <laughs> we sure are. And we can't wait to see you there. Thanks again. Thank Courtney. you, Lena. Yeah. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Homegrown Podcast. We love having you here, and we hope that you can share this podcast with someone that you know who is also interested in reshaping education from the ground up. It helps us if you rate, review, and share us on your favorite podcast syndicator. And we'll be at keepindianalearning.org sharing great resources with you all year long. Have a great one. See ya. Hey, Keep Indiana Learning listeners, I'm Courtney Flessner, a professional learning specialist. I've spent the past 25 years of my educational career deepening my understanding of the very best ways to meet the needs of students, because I believe that every child should have the opportunity to learn. Over the years, I've discovered a lot about teaching, but you know what I found deep in my soul? Math. If only my ninth grade algebra teacher could see me now. I've settled on a mission to help students and teachers realize we are all math people. We can teach math in ways that are so compelling. Not only can we change the narrative of math isn't really my thing, we might even have a little fun while doing so. In each episode of Math and Other Things, we will highlight a topic in schools and or the world of mathematics, include thoughts, suggestions, stories, and anecdotes from educators in the field, higher education, or perhaps other educational thought leaders, and hopefully leave you inspired to make a baby step in your own classroom or school. We'll talk about math, but we'll also talk about other things because the teaching and learning of mathematics does not live in a world by itself. It's using what we know about how children learn, how schools are organized so every child can be successful, and who we are as educators and individuals that makes us the very best teachers we can be even in mathematics. So join me as I embark on this journey of bringing the idea of the podcast, Math and Other Things, to life. Our first episode launches this spring where I'm joined by my favorite math educator, someone we all know and love, Ryan Flesner. We hunkered down in Studio B at Keep Indiana Learning where he helped me share my story of how I shockingly became a math person. He's the perfect co-host for this episode because it's likely if I hadn't been married to him, I'd probably still be living in the world where I'm not a math person. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. Keep Indiana Learning is a department of the Central Indiana Educational Service Center. Homegrown Podcast, Math and Other Things, and the Systems Talk Podcast are all part of the Keep Indiana Learning Podcast family. Find out more at keepindianalearning.org slash podcasts.